You're listening to Insert Quest here. Today's quest is Legacy of Steel, a solo RPG uh, where you generate the backstory of a mech uh, and the pilots that have piloted it. I'm Ray. My pronouns are he, him today. And this is a game that was recently published by Matthew Gravelin. Gravelin? 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 I'm going to go with Gravelin, and I'm looking forward to being corrected on that. Uh, who is a game designer from the United States, I believe. Um, this is a game that I proofread, actually, kind of. Uh, gave feedback for. Um, and when I was reading over it, I was like, oh, wow, I can't wait to play this. Uh, it's set up, like I said, to generate sort of the past of a machine and you can use that in other role-playing games so you could use it in uh, a particular example on the web page for on the itch store page for this game is that you can use it for beam saber and that other lancer <laughs> um the the feedback that i gave while uh on the game was that it's really good for generating backstories for and telling stories related to narratives where the mech isn't a thing that's alive um you could interpret uh, a bunch of these prompts differently i'm sure in order to create a backstory of a mech that's alive but as written there's not a lot that supports that um so which i mentioned because that means that it might not be a great fit for a game like uh live love die remember for example uh, or my other large mech game. Um, I am excited to play this. Uh, this is going to be the first actual play recording of the new year. So, here we go. We'll start with a little bit of the introduction. Legacy of, Legacy of Steel is a solo storytelling game about a mech and its storied past. The game focuses on the history of the mech describing its purpose, notable pilots, and memorable engagements. Then it says that we don't need anything, and that you might want something to record what uh, the background. We're going to be doing an audio recording. How to play. There are five steps to create your mech's history, starting with its creation and leading up to its present day. Each step includes a series of questions. Respond to each of these before moving on to the next step. There are questions in bold as well as additional prompts below that that sort of flesh out the in bold stuff um step one the creation okay so there's the format of these is that there's an evocative text in italics then there's the bold big question for this section and then there is a bunch of normal text uh sort of questions designed to help spur your thoughts on the big bold question uh, so, evocative text. The last rivet punched in. A final diagnostic. Rolling off the line. Booting up. Completing a test run. Why is the mech created? What is going on in the world when the mech was created? Are we at war? Or experiencing a lasting peace? Was there urgency or specific need to create this mech? There's a typo here, which I'll mention, just in case the game designer is listening to this. It says, we are at war 
or experience a lasting peace. I think it should be experiencing a lasting peace, or just because syntax. Syntax? Whatever. The flow there is a bit weird. Um, was there urgency or specific need to create this mech? Was the mech commissioned for someone important? So I think that this mech was created originally as a as one of a host of machines to help pacify to be a weapon of oppression basically i think that this was a tool of oppression uh and then due to some change in circumstance it couldn't be used for that purpose um so i'm thinking in my head in the halo series uh, you know master chief and all that the spartans the the people that the super soldiers that the master chief is one of uh were originally created to essentially be to put down insurrections in the outer colonies or something like that there was a bunch of people that wanted to be that wanted independence and so the solution was to make a bunch of super soldiers and before they could really get used for that purpose the war with the Covenant started. So that's the kind of thing that I'm sort of riffing off there. Um, this was a machine that was built for a ostensibly evil purpose. Uh, and then uh, through no making of its designers and creators and builders, uh, found a more noble purpose. This is what I'm going to hope for. We'll see how the questions unfold. Does its look or loadout reflect its purpose? How is the mech built? What materials is it made of? I think that um, it is a... I think that it's probably small for what we might think of a mech. I think... I, I'm thinking more towards... Um, I can't remember what they're called, but I'm thinking more towards the mechs in, um, in Full Metal Panic. Uh, and the machines in um, Titanfall, rather than like a Gundam. So something that is about the size of a like a truck, like the cab of a truck, as opposed to uh, as opposed to something the size of a building. Like a Gundam is the size of a building, uh, and then an Ava is the size of a skyscraper. <laughs> um, so I'm thinking something about the uh, the size of a truck. Um, I think that it is pretty... I think that it looks more like military hardware, right? Like, there's definitely that feel of, like, not so much tank. I'm not feeling tank. I think there's that feeling of, like, naval vessel, like a modern missile destroyer thing, or, uh, or aircraft. That's the kind of feeling that I think this gives off. Um, I don't think that it's a very subtle machine. I think that it is pretty clear what its purpose is, but um, it is smooth on the outside for the most part. It doesn't have... It's smooth, slightly angular, um, but it doesn't have, like... It's not bristling with cannons. Um, I think that it looks cold. Why do? What do people feel when they first see it? I think the people that built it... When they look at it, they see, like, a sense of accomplishment, like, a sense that they're doing the right thing, um, that this is gonna pacify whoever it is that they need to be pacified. Um, and I think that 
a normal person <laughs> that isn't indoctrinated into that military thinking or that warmongering thinking sees this cold, heartless piece of military hardware, this ridiculously expensive piece of military hardware, I think when you look at this thing, you see the fact that some people would rather kill and destroy than invest in a future. This is... This is entire education systems worth of money. This is... This is years of feeding a population have been poured into this thing. Because building some advanced new military hardware is not, like, cheap. I think when people... I think that when people look at this, they see, yeah, a colossal waste of money to build a new way of killing. Uh, and that's the end of that section. Uh, the first pilot, the first engagement... The theoretical becomes the practical. Learning through doing the inaugural mission. Oh, that was the other thing too. Oh, no, that, 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 that's all good. What is the first thing the pilot notices? Who was the first pilot? Did they have a bond or affiliation with the mech? Do they know how to properly utilize it? Do they appreciate its performance or do they find it ill-suited to the task at hand? I think the first pilot is probably just a normal military pilot. I think that, well, normal. I think that they're probably a test pilot. I think they probably have experience with, like, fighter planes or something. Um, what's the first thing the pilot notices? I think the first thing that they notice is that the controls are very Spartan. They're sparse. There's... What looks like joysticks, but they don't seem to be too closely tethered to movement. There's a couple of buttons, but it's not like the full cockpit that you would see in a fighter plane or any sort of aircraft. The controls are very limited. Um, and I think that that is probably frustrating um, at first. Like, it's intended that the machine is going to be responsive, but they are annoyed because what this represents is that there's a bunch of people that think that they are a better pilot than a pilot. And so there's a bunch of engineering that's gone into this to keep the pilot's hands off the mechanics, to keep them away from fully understanding the machine. And so I imagine that they feel like there would be something... They definitely feel like there's something in the way, um, that this whole machine has been built... Uh, in a way that makes it... Or the cockpit, at the very least, has been built in a way that it makes it harder for them to do their job. Uh, how does the mech perform? I think probably the... F and then there's a bunch of questions about, like, what the first missions are. I think that probably the early missions with it would have been, like, a bunch of test flights, you know? Like, oh, we're going to move it from one end of the cargo bay to the other. We're going to have it do this thing and that thing. Uh, lift this. Um, and I'm picturing... I said cargo bay before. I'm picturing that this was probably built on Earth, and then they sort of they rather than do a full testing on Earth. Once they worked out that like yes, it works, uh, they then did like the more formal. Um, I can't remember this specific term for this, but like the proving right to yes, it works. Yes, it's a machine that can done. We've done our that can work. We've done our internal testing. Now the now it's been handed off to the military for like proving. Um, I think that that is being rushed. I think that they're doing that 
on a spaceship on the way to this place that they want to pacify um, in the hopes that it will pass because they all know, know, in quotation marks, that it's going to pass those tests. So we might as well get it to where it needs to go. Um, And so I think that they're testing it in this spaceship. And I think that probably one of the first... I think one of the first things it would have been used for, other than walking it from one end of the hall to the other, um, which it does very well, I think that it probably was then used to do... I'm feeling like it was used to commandeer something. Like maybe the spaceship, this military spaceship was damaged in some way or had a fault. And so they then had to board... A civilian vessel and rather than use like a marine boarding party or something a bunch of fighter ships they used the mech They're like well let's test this new war machine we've developed and so I think in terms of that how it performed uh, I think that it was probably over qualified <laughs> for the task um, far too it's like yeah it's like sending a soldier to arrest a mugger. It's overkill. It's more than you would ever need to accomplish the job that it was used for. How does the pilot's departure leave a mark? What was the last pi- job the pilot used the mech for? I think that the pilot... a lot. Yeah, there's a bunch of questions here, but I really like that one. What was the last job the pilot used the mech for? I think... The last job that it was used for was probably the first job of that, like, pacification campaign, right? So, the pilot and probably, like, a squadron, a wing, a battalion, a detachment, whatever weird military word for a group, an armoured corps <laughs> um, of these mechs uh, uh, landing on some far-off human colony, Earth colony, and they are expecting to fight against mercenaries or something uh, and instead come across, essentially, peaceful civilian protesters. And I think that the pilot is kind of shocked by this. Like, they're a military person. They are... I think that they are thoroughly indoctrinated by their military role and so are... At first confused, and then sort of play the part that is set out for them, and then I think they start to panic as they see what they're doing, and they can't really understand why they're doing this thing, and I think that that panic leads to them dying. I think that they get shot by one of the other new machines. And I think that it does leave a mark. (laughs) I think it leaves a gaping hole in the cockpit, in the chest of the mech. The second pilot. How the mech travels through time, changing hands, upgraded and evolved, a difference of opinion, changes in style. What was left behind by the first pilot and who was the... And what was left behind by the first pilot? Who was the second pilot? How did they acquire the mech? Was it gifted, stolen, bought? Was the first pilot there to make the exchange? What distinct mark alteration had the first pilot made? Hmm. I think that left behind in this cockpit, I think we see 
to describe it in sort of cinematic terms, I think we see the pilot die and then this huge hole in the middle of the mech and then it sort of fades out sort of cross fades rather to the mech sort of buried in a half destroyed building almost like where it left was left laying um there's probably a pool of water in the cockpit um inexplicably the corpse of the pilot the previous pilot is gone and i think what is left behind is a religious necklace of some kind. I'm not going to define it any more than that, but it is some kind of necklace of religious significance. And I think it is wrapped around one of the joysticks for the mech. Um, And I think we see a young scavenger um, climbing over the mech followed by sort of a montage of multiple people uh, sort of pouring over the mech. What about the original mech is unchanged? I think that... How is the mech upgraded or augmented? I think that they build a new chest piece for it, for sure, and build out a new cockpit. And I think the new cockpit is a lot more like traditional fighter plane or aircraft and that there's lots of switches and stuff because they don't have the ability to replicate all that computer stuff that was clearly going on behind the scenes previously. And I think that now the machine has... Like, it's still... It's got those... The rest of its body is sort of similar to how it was before. It's this sleek fighter jet. And then it's almost got, like, this almost archaic breastplate on it where they've had to use old tanks and things like military tanks like war tanks to build armor plating to cover the huge hole from the chest and to rebuild the chest and so i think it's almost like i'm sort of getting sort of this mismatched vibe of if you've seen star wars i'm picturing like clone trooper armor and then like if a clone trooper or a stormtrooper, whatever either one was wearing like a breastplate, like a knight's breastplate, or a conquistador's breastplate, or something like that, or a heavy, or a corsair's—not uh, a corsair, a um, what are they called? I can't remember the term, but like heavy cavalry sort of breastplate thing. That's what I'm picturing. Is sort of the vibe, the tone. It's not exactly what it looks like, but that's sort of the tone, the mismatchedness. So you have sleek fighter jet body, and then angular tank armor on the chest like like not even angular like hard brutish sort of tank armor on the chest um and then i think rather than that grayish naval tone to the paint job i think it's got more of a more of a graffiti and uh and street kind of race car sort of paint job over the top because you know it's been sitting in water in a battle zone they had to paint it so i think we see like this is almost like mad max mech sort of a vibe they've like used angle grinders to get rid of the rust and the old paint to then repaint it in like car paint because that's all they've got um how does the mech show its age I think I've kind of already answered this question, but I think one of the things that stands out is that it doesn't have 
a very long power supply. I think it is only going to be good for like a short burst. No one's going to be marching this thing across on a campaign. Its battery, whatever its power supply is, is no longer like fully replenishing properly. And so it has a short operational time compared to other machines of the day. Um, not to mention all the rust, the repaint. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if turning it on, it's almost like... I would imagine that the second pilot, the new pilot, has sort of a dialogue with the machine and turning it on, sort of almost interpreting it as the machine having, like, old sword joints because it's an older fighter now. Um, that's sort of... I think that's probably something that's happening there. It's got worn joints to a degree, and you can feel it when it turns on. The Sojourn. Lost to time, forgotten, or misplaced... Efforts to reclaim a lost chapter of history, speculation, and fantasy. Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. How does the mech become lost? When was the mech lost or forgotten? Was it struck down in combat or involved in a job site accident? Was it submerged or buried or was it... So I think the mech was probably used for, like, ambushes, right? Sort of guerrilla warfare. And I think it was hidden away when the war turned. I think the pilot knew... The new pilot knew that there was, that it was not going to be something that they could keep, and they didn't want it. They knew that maybe one day there might be a use for it again, but that for whatever reason the fighting had to stop, probably in order to stay for them themselves to stay alive, and so they hit it. Um, I think they probably buried it somewhere, almost like um, maybe in the desert, just barely underground, in like a in a hole lined with some sheet, like sheet steel or something. Um, and they hid it there in the hopes that it might someday be useful to someone, uh, if they can find it. What records were left regarding the mech? Who noticed the mech was missing and how was it reported? Did people mourn the loss of the mech or its pilot? Were others lost as well? I think that lots of fighters were lost in this transition. I think that it was... I don't think it was peaceful. I think it was sort of... They saw that... They weren't going to be able to win this battle, and so chose... And so were forced to give up arms. And I think that maybe our second pilot made it, maybe they didn't, but what they did do was that they left some kind of loot. You know what? I think maybe they did survive. I think our pilot survived, and I think maybe they, in their old age now, sort of kept on telling this legend that uh that the that the commandeered mechs the free mechs these uh these pirate mechs almost technicals uh you know maybe that some of them were hidden somewhere that there's a lot that there's a secret cache and i think most people probably dismiss that as nonsense because clearly the establishment would have destroyed the uh all the mechs they wouldn't have left the oppressor would not have left those are lying around for someone to commandeer uh and use against them no matter how outdated um but i think that there are perhaps foolish youngsters that dream about becoming uh cowboys in mechs uh how is the mech finally recovered um, when was the mech found? I think it was a long time. I think the, our old, our second pilot has 
perhaps on their deathbed, was telling their grandchildrens that their grandchildrens, their grandchildren about this story and how they need to find it. And I think maybe the oppressor has built up their uh, what is the word? I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for here, but I think maybe the oppressor has heaped new burdens on the people of this planet. Um, who finds the mech and what is their first impression of it? I think it's a kid, like a teenager. I think they find it and their first impression is one of almost awe. I think the mech is wrapped in cloth and in the fiction, it was probably there to help it keep it dusty. But in when we look at it as an audience, we see a mech in like almost martyr-ish rags with sort of an edge of bandito, uh, what is the word? Poncho, you know, there's a bit of that old west gunslinger vibe made by these slash some kind of weird cowboy martyr kind of energy coming off this uh, mothballed mech. Um, and I think we see a kind of almost mischievous grin in this kid's eyes, followed by a kind of determination as they climb into the cockpit. And, those, and that big iron breastplate seals them into the cockpit. The Return. Rising from the dead, outdated and decrepit, looking for purpose in this new time, a new pilot takes command. What draws you to this mech? Where you find the mech? Is it for sale at an auction? Sold off as scrap? I think that, yeah, they found it because they followed the, the legend, right? They believed enough in it to keep searching the desert until they found it, them and their friends together. And now they have a chance to make a difference, to try and help people. Um, what about the mech is outdated? I mean, I think that power supply has not gotten better. And I think the weapons, while powerful, are hard to refuel. Um, people have moved on, and there are different... There's a different... Different weapons are used now. Um, it's not more or less effective, it's just different. Um, and I think they probably realize that if they're going to be of any use, they're going to have to find a way to rearm it. And I think that that's probably one of their first goals, is to try and find a new... a way to refurbish this machine. They're, what are they going to do? How are they going to need some kind of benefactor? Or they're going to need someone to help them? Or they're going to have to try and take on another mech or something and steal from it? How do you feel about your mech? How does the mech show signs of previous pilots? I think that religious necklace is still hanging in the cockpit. And I think that there is probably also a spot in that cockpit. Maybe behind the headrest or on one of the walls or something. I think that there's a spot and there's all these names of all these old... Um, and I think a bunch of the kids... Well, the teenagers that now have control of this mech, like, recognize some of these names. So the pilot sees their grandparents' name on the on the wall, and they see, and a bunch of others see, you know, uncles and aunts and you know, people that looked after them, people from the community. 
that they know and recognize or people that they've heard of before and i think they add their names into the mech there um and they they can sort of see and feel that this is it's not just the pilot and the mech that make the mech it's not just what it was and what it's been it's also those that can help and that you don't have to be a pilot to be important because uh, someone has to keep the machine running and so i think that they almost feel a kind of sense of community about the mech in that in a lot of ways this is now their community and that with this it's going to be an engine a tool for change hopefully it's going to be something that they can use to help their family uh finishing once you have finished the game you now have a mech with a rich history and stories to share um then talks about how you can use it for other things if you would like to augment your game consider the following additional rules as additional options um yeah cool so some of the additional options along the history repeat steps two or three to add more pilots to the mech's history that's kind of interesting Legacy pilot, if your character has been with the mech during its history, you can answer the new pilot portions of step 2 and 3 as your pilot. Interesting, I'm not quite sure how that works. That might need further expansion. I'm not quite sure what that means. More players, if you want to play the game with more than one player to create a signal mech, take turns answering the question or answer them as a group. That could be fun. Um, yeah, interesting little options. They're almost like... It's interesting, these two, these three little options here almost feel like they feel unfinished, these how to like make it longer or whatever things, um, or variants of play. They feel unfinished, but in a way that's intentional. Does that make sense? So they feel like they've been left sort of as almost ideas for... It's not necessarily just ideas for how to change the game and play it differently. They feel kind of like ideas for if you wanted to make a variant of this game. If you wanted to change this up and almost make a new game out of it, here's some ideas that we had for making a new game out of it, but that we didn't execute for this. Here's some ideas for variant play. We haven't finished these we want you to finish them and see where you take them. I don't know if that's the intent, but that's sort of how they feel, and I think that that's cool. I like that. Um, it's odd. It's an odd thing to describe, but they feel unfinished in an intentional way. And I like everything else. Um, some of the questions flow a bit weirdly, but that kind of happens with these kind of prompt questions. Sometimes you uh, prompt RPGs, these specific ones where you're answering a bunch of questions, and that's the main form of play. Often you accidentally answer a question, and so you kind of either skip it or rework it. Another thing too is, so they have the big bold questions, and then they have the the more, and then they have the smaller questions where they sort of prompt you, help you think more about the large question. And I tend to just latch on to the ones that I like in the secondary questions. Uh, but a thing that it also does is that eventually you get to a point where you almost you, you don't need them. Like, you need them You need them early on. They're really helpful. And the further you get into, you often rely less and less on those secondary extra questions. That's not a criticism. That's just kind of a thing that I have noticed about playing these kinds of games. Um, that is interesting. And why you might have noticed that I didn't read them out as much when I went, when I got further into it. Because you, by the time you get to, like, the fifth section of the game, you kind of already have a lot of 
content that you've generated yourself and a lot of questions that you can answer yourself based off the stuff that you talked about earlier on. Um, I really like this game. Um, there's not much more to say about it other than what I've already said. I think I, again, it would be cool if there was more stuff about the... This game treats the mech as an object, which is fine and cool. It's not super my thing. I really like mech stories about mechs where they're a living thing. They're not necessarily organic, but they're alive and they're a person and they're a character. Whereas this is more about, like I said, this is mech as object. And if you really want more detail for that object to make it seem like a lived thing, I think that this is a really cool uh, way to add more of that detail to your game um, if you're playing like Lancer or something. It's also fun on its own because like I didn't make do this with an intention to then slot this into a campaign um, but it is a fun experience on its own and I think that the questions are uh, evocative enough uh, that it is fun to answer them. Um, it'd be interesting to see what the replayability is um, so that's kind of interesting. I think that it probably has plenty of replay value. There's nothing in there that I'm like, ooh, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if I, uh, what happens if I play this again. Um, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, uh, we do have an interview coming up with the designer of this game soon, so stay tuned for that. Um, and we also have other solo mech RPG stuff um, recorded. Uh, and up on the podcast, which you can check out by clicking on the solo tag or by going to the solo playlist. There's a bunch of opportunity, different ways you can find that, but we have more content like this on the podcast. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and farewell from the past. I'm Ray.